I looked at mom and I said, why does this have to happen to me? She turned back in the car. She wiped her face and she said, why not you? What makes you think you're better than anyone else? I wiped my face and I said, no mom, dad, I'm not better than anyone else. I'm ready to go to school now. <laughs> That's how simple it was. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of our autoimmune diagnoses, but ultimately how we thrive in spite of it. I'm your host, Edie Sahesian. I was diagnosed in 2015 with multiple sclerosis. I've learned a lot about MS in myself over the past few years, but the most important thing I realize is that I am going to live my best life. MS and other autoimmune diseases tend to be a bit of a bummer if we let them. So why not battle back by finding our joy? Stand up. For some of us, that's easier said than done. These words can also take on multiple meanings. Of course, literally the words stand up mean to move your body in a way that you're vertically aligned in an upright position. Feet firmly planted on the ground, head held high. For some in this position, you relay a sense of confidence. Shoulders back. Have you ever done that Superman pose? Hands on the hips, ready to begin the day or tackle a challenge? I kind of have been trying it out lately and I'm loving it. I also think of standing up for myself or a cause I believe in. Standing up for others when they are in need. Standing up strong to protect myself against danger. So perspective plays a role in how we view this phrase, stand up. Really, in how we view anything in our lives. Yes, our perspective may change depending on our circumstances, but it is up to us as individuals to maintain a perspective that serves us in a positive way. David Benneby Jr. is here today to provide us with his perspective. Living with MS for 25 years, this proud bohemian and motivational speaker says MS does not have me. Let's chat it up with David. Hi, how are you today? Hello, Edie. I'm so happy to be here. I'm really glad that we're chatting. I really am excited to hear your journey, talk a little bit about your book that you're spreading like wildfire all over the place and get your perspective on how MS has impacted your life. It started when I was 12 years old and I became really ill, nausea, dizziness. The doctor said, do a CAT scan. Did the CAT scan. But then he said, okay, we can have to hospitalize you because I'm 12 years old. So they hospitalized me, but they couldn't figure out what was going on. I was in grade six. I remember going to church the morning and I looked at a sign and I closed my left eye. I looked through my right eye and everything was good. But then I closed my right eye and I opened my left eye and everything was blurry. I shake my head and I did that over and over again, but everything still persisted. The left eye was blurry. I told my mom and dad, they said, we have to go to the ophthalmologist. He checked everything. Everything was good. But then he said, let's do another cat scan. So I did that. Everything came back negative. So we're moving on again to 14. 
So I became ill again, nausea, dizziness. And so I went to my GP and he said, okay, maybe this time, maybe this time the CAT scan can show you something, show us something. So we said, okay, we can do the CAT scan. We went to the hospital, doctor's hospital, and a nurse, she said, instead of you doing a CAT scan, there's a new thing in the hospital now. It just came to the bomb. It's called the MRI. You should do the MRI. So my parents, they say it's a little bit more money. But you, you did the MRI. This is in 1997. We did the MRI. And a few days later, we went to see the GP. He said, Mr. and Mrs. Benaby, David, I'd like you to know you have multiple sclerosis. We looked at him like, what are you talking about? He said, multiple sclerosis is a disease of the central nervous system, the brain and spinal cord. He said, the nerves are not connected with one another. You, it's eaten away by these lesions, these plaques. What happens now, you will have leg immobility, hands, eyes, speech, all of that. So then he there said, you will now have to go on these solumed drugs. You'll put this in your left hand, a thousand milligrams of solumed drugs. And then he said, after the surgery, medro for five days, then you go on Avanax. Remember now, I'm 14 years old. So we heard this and we left his office. We went into the car. So I, I had a little bit of tears coming from my eyes. I, I don't know, raindrops or whatever it was. I looked at mom and I said, to my mom, I said, why, why does this have to happen to me? She turned in the car. She wiped her face and she said, why not you? What makes you think you're better than anyone else? I wiped my face and I said, no mom, dad, I'm not better than anyone else. I'm ready to go to school now. <laughs> That's how simple it was. I let you know, Edie and all the listeners, I graduated high school in 2000. In 2001, I went to TCC, Tallahassee Community College. I love that school. I graduated TCC in 2003. I left TCC and I went to Florida State University. Go note, I graduated Florida State in 2005 in with economics. In 2006, I began working at a commercial banking institution. I worked for over 10 years. In 2012, I was hospitalized, and then I came out of it, and I was using a cane. Her name is Navelle. MS progressed some more, and in 2017, I started using a walker. Her name is Rosa. MS progressed a little more, and in 2020, which was just, that's two years ago, yeah, I started using a wheelchair. Her name is Coffee. Now, I am a motivational speaker and the author of my very first book, Stand Up, A Survivor's Journey of My Life in MS. I have been living with MS now for 25 years, and I'm not going to let it stop me now. I'm going to give it all I have. I'm going to Continue working out. Like this morning, I was working out from 7.15 to 8 o'clock because I'm going to give it all I have. And that's what I want from you, to give it all you 
house. That's my journey, Edie. <laughs> My first thing that comes to mind is, (laughs) he's like, wait till I tell my story. You're going to have so many questions for me. So the first one is, I noticed that the cane and the walker and the chair are all named after ladies. Are these women in your life or are these just your special devices? (laughs) No, they are not women in my life, but like Navea. Navea is the name heaven spelled backwards. Because I want a lot of heaven in me. I want I want that. So Rosa, I like Espanol, so I, I, I find that. And, and coffee, I love coffee. Coffee is a, a, a good part of my life. So if you read stand-up, you'll see coffee in stand-up. So the name of the chair is something that means something to me. So that's all I could add to that question. I like how you did that, though, because it makes it a little bit fun. I know that laughter is important to you. And so, you know, that, that brings a little bit of humor to me anyways. So I I like that you named, named your mobility devices there. And also I didn't realize that you went to school in Tallahassee because you know, I live in Orlando. And so in Florida, if you do not have a, a college that you cheer on for sports, you don't know who you are in Florida, right? You have to. And so you're either a Knowles or a Gator or what is Miami or uh, the Rattlers or, you know, like there's somebody that's going to be um, cheered on if you live in Florida. So that's lovely that, you know, you're cheering on your Knowles. I love that. But you're in uh, the Bahamas now, right? That's where you live. We have rivals, the Gators, the, the Hurricanes. Well, yeah, we, we have rivals, so that's, that's all good. That's love. Right. I, I love sports for that reason. So the next question I have is your workouts. So you were mentioning to me earlier that you work out with your parents. What What does your workout consist of at this point? Well, one day I would work out your upper body. The next day I would work out the lower extremities, like legs. Yeah, so it's, it's upper body and the lower body. The thing is with my with a lot of my my workouts, I got introduced to Jennifer Reed. She's a DPT doctor in physical therapy, and she's a multiple sclerosis certified specialist. I saw her videos in when COVID began in the Bahamas. COVID really began in March of 2020. So I was sitting at home and I was looking on the computer and I saw these videos coming from this Jennifer Reed. I was like, ah, this is cool because I, I, I'm not moving. Like I'm not doing anything like that no anymore. So when I saw these videos, I was like, this makes sense. And I got introduced and a part of our academy and I just had, we had a coffee chat last week on Thursday, I mean, and we talked about fatigue. We talked about fair. So there is, there's once a week that we work out and then we have, we have a coffee chat. The thing is, is that she gives us goals and all of that. One of my biggest goals that I accomplished was I said, I could work out every day. I need to find the right time that I know I have maximum energy. And I do my workout. And so I know that I have maximum energy in the morning. I do my working out in the morning. So I work out with my mom and dad. 
mom on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, dad on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I work out from 7.15 to 8 o'clock, and then I work out with mom from 9 to 10, and dad from 10 to 11. So it's like in the in the morning, I'm 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 ready to go. I'm a beast. I'm a beast. So I I just think it's spectacular that you know being in the chair does not prohibit you from getting your moving on. It's so very important, and just in life in general, I think it revitalizes you. I try to walk every morning for a mile. I'm with the dog, so it takes me about 20, 25 minutes because she likes to stop a little bit. I'm like, come on, Lily, let's go. Smell the grass. Yeah. Smell the grass. And so it's just, it's nice. It's a great way to wake up, and she always is licking my face in the morning to get going, and so it's not a terrible way to wake up to a puppy like that. And also when I get done, I feel pretty proud of myself that I did it because David, I'm a really lazy human being. I like to sit down. Congratulations. And you have to keep it in. Don't give up on it. And always know that you could be able to do it and make it. Even if you can't make that step today, know that by tomorrow or even later on today, that you'll be able to, to make that step. So you got to keep at it. I also am interested in knowing about, so you had pediatric MS, right? It's not common to be diagnosed that young and, you know, luckily having the MRI machine because your CAT scan is not going to show those lesions, right? And so at that point, you know, being 14 years old in your daily life, like, did you think about it a lot? What was going through your brain as you're taking the medicine and all of that? Throughout the years, and even when I was 14, I want you to know, Edie and everyone else listening, I was invincible. There was nothing that could have come to me and hurt me. I was like, I still watched my He-Man and, and I watched wrestling. I did I did everything that the children would do, that kids would do. I was not letting MS overtake me. And so that's why I can't give you no no story to say MS was taking a part of my life, la la la. No, I was just moving on with life and that's how I, I showed you the progression like I went to university. I went to, I was working for 10 years. I mean, over the years, things were happening. And as you heard, I said the cane and the walker. And the, I stopped driving in 2017. And so even in my mind, even though that upset me, it's like you have to look at it different. You have to be, your whole perspective has to change. And so now... I'm like, I have chauffeurs. I have people that take me places. So this is the way how I look at it. So I don't, I, I tell you, I don't let things get to me. I really do my best not to get, get to me. So yeah. In all along this time, right, you look back at your mom in the car, she looks back at you and she says, David, why not you? Yeah. And, you know, she's with you. H- how big of an impact has your family played in the in your perspective? It's, it's a huge support. That's that's why that's one of my core values as well, because my family is a huge support to me, because even in the house where I would need statements since yesterday, 
my I needed my my nails to get trimmed. I have tremors in my hands, in my left hand, right hand, so forth. And my dad would come and he would clip my nails. So for the small, simple things, they are there. And that, that's only a little small thing that I'm telling you about, but there are huge things, even like food or whatever like that. And it's, the family is a huge support. Like they are my support system. I have a MS support group of the Bahamas and they are awesome. And even though we're online, especially because of COVID, the thing is, is that we are there to, to uplift one another and to bring each other hope. And so the family is is support and they have been supporting me from even before when I was born to, to now. And that's a wonderful thing. I love that. It makes a huge difference when you have a great system around you and the love that you feel for one another, I'm sure lifts you up. And the love that you have for your faith and, and within that as well. How do you use that to keep you going? Faith is a huge part of me. And I decided to, to accept the Lord in 2000. And the reason behind, I wrote this in my book, the reason behind that was because the world was supposed to come to an end. Remember, too, everybody was saying 2000 was the day where everything's supposed to stop. And so I say, okay, Lord, I, I trust you. I don't want I don't want to go down the way. I just want to la, la, la. And so, but the thing is, is that I didn't really get more involved with him until I went to university because I was a part of, of FSU Wesley Methodist Church. I was involved with Chi Alpha. I was involved. With the, the church that I went to is a Christian Heritage Church. That's a non-denominational church. So each of those conduits was helping me to find my way. And that's another big part of why I love Tallahassee, because I just was able to, to find me. I got baptized in, in the Christian Heritage Church. That was in 2002, 2003. So, yeah. The faith is a, is a huge part of me and that's what keeps me going. That's me. David, have you heard of the term toxic positivity? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I, I really <laughs> hope that all of my positivity has gotten you to a moment right now that you're like on top of the moon. Yes, well, <laughs> it 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 is because you you can see me that I've been smiling through our whole conversation, but I know that when we talk about toxic positivity, and I use the the word as Susan David would use the word, and she just you know you have to face the things that are going on with you, right? We can't just be oh it's going to be fine and and blow it off. We, we need to face those things and then move forward. And I know you use these tools within your core values of faith and family to have that great perspective that this isn't the worst thing that could happen. And I know why me? Well, why not anyone? And so I love that you talk about these setbacks 
you have a mobility device and all of this, but you use your tools in order to keep smiling. And that transition that you've made from businessman to now motivational speaker, those are very different perspectives, right? And so how has this position that you're in now of being a motivational speaker, how has it filled your life with joy? Before I left the business world, I remember every Monday I would go to the, I was working on the third floor. I would go to the bottom floor and pray with the staff before the work actually began. And so every time I would get to the elevator, I would be like, oh Lord, I got to do this. I got to do this. And you know, this is what is supposed to be done. And I really didn't want to, but I wanted to. It was so, my emotions was all mixed up. And I did it. And I did it for those months. And even when now I'm motivational, it's important to me because I have something on Facebook called G-Ben Speaks. And so sometimes I give a motivational talk, whatever I'm feeling on the inside, and I give it out. And so it makes me feel at peace. That's the biggest part of what I can answer to say. I, I feel content. I feel at peace. I feel just blessed to be able to try to bring some hope to someone out there. Well, I think you're accomplishing those goals. I mean, when I see you on the D-Man Speaks, when when you're talking to anyone, when you're just trying to communicate with your community, it really emanates from you. And I know that it's helping other people really see how you can live your best life despite all these other things that are going on. And, you know, it's not only inclusive of people with multiple sclerosis. It's really a theme that anyone could share. And I think through those lived experiences that you have, you have shown how to make that work. And people appreciate you sharing your story. You're you're doing good things for good people and trying to help others. How did you get the idea to do Stand Up, your book? What is that all about? And what are you trying to accomplish with it? It's so, so amazing. When I was in, in university, I remember I had a friend and she would call me. She, she she went to school in Canada and she called me. I'm in Tallahassee. And she said, David, how's your book coming? I'm still doing my journals. I am writing my journals. That is how stand-up came to fruition because it's a lot of my journals, what I have written from college. And that is even how the name came about, Stand Up. I went through my journals and I was like, I have to stand stand for this. I have to stand up for that. And yeah, that's that's how the word Stand Up came to be. Yeah, that, that's how it all began. Years ago, where I was was writing in my journal, they come together like maybe like two or three years ago and I'm sure you've heard some testimony from people after they've read it. What do they say to you? Yeah, they're ready for the next one. They, they're ready for stand-up too. I say to God be the glory when, whenever that comes. And you never know. Stand-up has mention of using a cane, has mention of using a walker. But stand-up does not have mention of using the wheelchair. 
So basically, you never know. You never know. We could be seeing stand up too pretty soon. God is in control. He is. He is. And I can tell, you know, you listen to him. And in listening to him, I know you that you do those things in the morning that make sure you're successful and you live your life in this positive way and also relaying that message to others and passing it on. It's pretty powerful, David. And it's been really great following you on Facebook and seeing your journey and trying to impact others in this way too. Tell us where we can find that book. Stand up by David Benby Jr. And then you could find me on Facebook. I'm wearing a suit. I have a smile. Yeah, you look very handsome. <laughs> I think he was just fishing for a compliment there, everybody. But yes, you look very handsome on the cover. What can he say? He's speechless. I can't believe it. So <laughs> I also see that if you're in the Bahamas, you might get a home delivery of this book. Do you really bring it to people? Well, what, <laughs> if you're in the Bahamas, you can call the, the Bahamas number 455-0114. And we will have no problem in bringing stand-up to you. And guess what? You get an autograph copy, and then you get a photo with me. So it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, that's a win all around. So next time I'm in the Bahamas, I'm looking you up so that I can get my personalized copy of this. And then maybe we can sit and have some tea or something and, and have a great chat. People must be thrilled when they see you come to their door with their autographed copy of Stand Up. It's a part of my success as well. I want to tell you that you need to watch even the food that you eat. That's the nutrition and making sure that you're eating the right foods. I drink a smoothie for breakfast. I drink a smoothie for lunch, some other food for dinner. But you have to, to do things that will make your body operational. The next thing I'd say is exercise. As I told y'all, I work out from 7.15 to 8 o'clock. That's really, really important. And it keeps me moving. And I do not want to ever stop moving. And I know you do not want to stop moving as well. The DMTs, that's the disease-modifying treatments. Guess what? Sometimes you don't want to take it. Whatever. <laughs> you do what is good for you. And the thing is, is you have the vitamins and the, the, the vitamin D. You have the omega-3 fish oil and all of that. Those are really important. And so you, you take all of your medication. Music. Music is really important to my life. I listen to classical music every morning when I, I'm working out. I listen to reggae gospel. I listen to contemporary gospel. So I, I always have another type of music that is, is, is really important to me. And finally, I'd say reading. Always keep your mind updated with what's going on. You have the webinars. Yes, they have MS Focus. I'm always on them on that webinar and they always teach me different things they, they taught me something about spasticity the other day i was able to communicate and talk to the doctor and so you all have things that are available to you you have ms views and news so there are so many things out there today 
They weren't out there when I was diagnosed in 1997, but they are out there now. And so use them. You know your own body. So trust your own body. You are your own advocate. Trust yourself. Yes, David, you mentioned those DMTs. Tell me more about your progression of DMTs throughout your your journey. I was on Avonex for 15 years. I took them even when I was in university. I would stick myself in my leg. I would do all of that. I stopped the Avonex in 2012, and that was because I got jaundice. And the, the gastrointestinal surgeon, she told me, she said, David, MS could mess you up, cripple you, or so forth, but liver, liver could kill you. So that was the reason why I came off of the Avonex. Right now, my neurologist is making sure that I'm eating healthy and I told y'all what I do for food and doing what I could do to keep myself good. If I have to go on solumedrol or some steroids, he will prescribe it for me. Like I am on some prednisone and stuff now, but it it is what it is. It, it's not going to stop me from being me. So whatever you have to take, take it and, and, and make the best out of it. So you said so many things, David, you said so many things when you're doing your workouts, make sure your goal setting be invincible contentment and peace are keys eat to make your body operational. Never stop moving. Music fills your soul. Keep your mind updated. Trust yourself. And David is never gonna stop and we should not either david thank you so much for being here how can people find you well you can find me on on facebook that's that's david benaby jr or you can email me if you want to to talk to me that's d what's it d ben d b e n j r one one at At (laughs) gmail.com Yes, he's got it. D-B-E-N-J-R and the number one at (laughs) gmail.com. We're helping each other here, David. We're good. We're good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the brain. Brain. (laughs) Whatever. I was like, oh, yeah. So anyways, David, thanks so much for being here. Please keep thriving. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. If you would like to join our growing community of thrivers, there are a lot of ways to do so. Visit the website at thrivingoversurvivingpodcast.com. There you'll find links to all our social media, my blog, and lots more. See you next time when we chat it up with another autoimmune warrior on the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. Keep thriving.